When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The podcast contains mature language and adult discussion. We're like the post office guys. No storm, no dark of night, no. I don't know what that saying says up on the building. But. The, the postman's oath is, I believe, what it's called. Is that what it's called? The I, oath? I believe it's, it's the postmen have their own lore. Mm-hmm. How much are you marking out that right below your face? That It says Kevin Nash, <laughs> multiple time <laughs> world champion. <laughs> I, I feel more uncomfortable than anything else. Yeah. Well, the reason Steve is with me here is because there's uh, a hurricane. Well, there was a hurricane battering all of freaking Florida, basically. And uh, Mr. Nash is dealing with that right now. He is fine. Uh, his family's okay. His property seems to be okay. Um, but uh, there is no power. 100% no power. We we were very much like, oh, maybe like in my head when we tried to record, I think it was Wednesday. Yeah. I was like, we're probably going to have to record an hour, hour and a half, and then something might happen. And then we'll have to figure out how to record the rest of the show on a phone or something. Right. I mean, that's what we were planning for, to get it in before yeah. the... Uh they had enacted a curfew <laughs> down by him. And um, so we're like, okay, we can get you... We can get you done by eight. And then um, if we have to grab anything else in post, well, you know, I could drop the ad separate or whatever. And um, <laughs> while I was on the phone with him, he's like, okay, we have no fucking power. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, all right, dude, <sighs> go deal. And it was, I think, I mean, listen, it was, it was a predicted hurricane and we were certainly seeing the, uh, the, uh, the strength as it moved up through Cuba. But I don't know if anyone knew that it no. was going to be this bad. Not at all. My my parents are in Lakeland, and they were prepared for a hurricane, but they were not prepared for what. Like I was, sh- like they were kind of glib about it when I spoke to them. It was the Friday before it all happened, and then I think it was Tuesday morning. We hear that Ric Flair is canceling his recording because he needs to get on the next flight out of Tampa, mm. and that's where I was like, "Oh man, ta- when was the last time Tampa Bay has been hit with a hurricane at all? Like that's how serious all this is." Yeah. So in the in the wake of all that, uh, what we're going to do this week is uh, we thought it would be fun to do a kind of a recap of uh, some of our best moments here. And universally, the clips <laughs> that get the most play, I think, are our stiff ones of the week. So we will do a retrospective of the uh, of the great stiff ones. 
Um, uh, so you have a little something to listen to this week, folks. We just want to throw up a rerun. You know, we didn't want to do that. We're 13 weeks in here, man. Just, what is that, three months in? And we're not going to, I'm going to throw a whole rerun, but we will do, uh, we will do some clips of the, uh, of those stiff ones. And, um, I, I can't imagine I, that we wouldn't have uh, a full live show for not live, a, a new show for you next Monday as uh, Kevin. Actually, I'm I'm getting I'm getting I think I have a feed from Kevin. Nash. OK, throw this up. Let's see what gotta, we got here. Let's see. Let's see what I have from Kevin Nash here. Oh. Kevin, can you hear us? Well, he lo- I don't think he's going to be saying much, but uh <laughs> For those of you on the audio side of things, driving into work, listening to this podcast on your Apple Podcasts, the the Kevin Dahl has uh, has a feed coming in here, much like Chucky. The Kevin Dahl <laughs> has tapped into the show somehow and is uh, and is sending a signal. Uh, the, fortunately, he's not talking. I know. I should actually look into that. It's getting to that point. I'm going to have to eventually I'm going to have to make that decision. Do I do the tight Steve mm. Kaufman? Do I do the tight buzz or um, like just all off? What do you do? I oh, what do I do? I'm on. I've been on finesse drive for a year and a half and I actually did get the surgery in June. So, so we'll have, for that finesse drive, that's that's um, that's Propecia. It's what like the generic diesel. Propecia. Yeah. You know, I was I took that. Like 20 years ago, when I was still acting on camera and I started to see thinning, mm-hmm. um, I took it and um, and it was covered at the time under SAG's insurance. And then it wasn't. And it's it was not? Gonna, are you or was covered? Pro- I, my insurance is complicated, but yes. I don't have SAG insurance yet. See, the, back then I was carrying the SAG insurance and it's it, they stopped. It, it was covered and then it wasn't. It was considered cosmetic. So I was like, well, well cosmetic for a career. Uh, so I stopped. and um, But I think it was working. Mm. I now, when you say the surgery, yeah. you mean, which one did you do? I did um, the FUE procedure, which is a follicular unit extraction. It's different from the FUT procedure. The main difference in an FUA, the (laughs) FU, fuck you in the ass procedure. I I got none of those. Uh, The FUT procedure is the one where they take a giant chunk of skin out of the back of your head. That's right. And then they harvest the hairs out of that. That was very popular 20, 30 years ago. Right. And because the surgeon doesn't have to, you don't have to be on your front for a long period of time for them to extract the hairs. You just have to be able to be comfortable for them to take that giant chunk out of your head. But then you have a scar forever on the back of your head. And then the FUE procedure is where they take one graft at a time from the back of your head. Uh, Usually a surgeon does that. I got a special version where there's a robot that does that. Wow. So I got robotic FUE procedure. I think it was about 2,800 grafts. It was mid-June. So those who are joining us on video... The reason you're not seeing anything is because hair takes a really long time to grow. People are like, Steve, do you keep the receipt for this fucking thing or what, bro? Because <laughs> you're, 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 little, you're a little thin, Steve. Little. So 2,800. How do they determine how many you need? That just by looking, they're like, you're going to need 2,800. Um, different places do different things. I'll shout them out. Barber Surgeons Guild out of West Hollywood. They don't care much about the grafts. A lot of other places charge by the graft. They looked at my head and decided you need one and a half zones based on the Norwood scale. 
So for one and a half zones, this is how much we're going to charge. And then on the day, we're going to get as many graphs as we think we can harvest and as many graphs as we think we can insert. And that number came out to be, I think, yeah, 2,800. It was less than 3,000. But to a point where I had to like really get the surgeon on the phone after the fact to have them give me that number because they're so... I don't want to say anti-graft, but I know there are a lot of not reputable places that, well, we're going to give you 7,000 grafts and we have a 4,000 graft minimum and graft, 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 graft. And it, whereas they're as surgeons more interested in like, but, but how do we use the graft? Is it a good graft? And how did the robot do? The robot? Was it a success? Uh, by all accounts, it was a success. Um, from what I could tell, because you can... A hair follicle can have one, two, three, and sometimes even four sprouts on it. And the robot using an like AI and a webcam, if you will, is able to determine the best possible um, the best possible hairs to harvest. And I could tell just as they were putting them in my head that there were a lot of like three, like two and three and some four sprout hairs that they were able to harvest out of the back of my head and that they were inserting in the front of my head. Now, it doesn't leave patches in the back. It's well distributed enough in the back where they're taking that there's no empty Same. spots. And right? that's also what the robot takes into consideration is we, we don't want to harvest one area to one area of his head for too much because then it'll be overly thinned. That said, I wear my hair pretty... um like I wear my hair pretty thick in the back, if that makes sense, like pretty long in the back, uh-huh. that whatever scarring is visible would only be visible if I were wearing a zero on the back of my head. So if you're on like a one or a two, like I'm normally at. Uh-huh. What about um, the insertion of those graphs? Is that painful? No. The only thing that was painful was the the um, anesthesia. Because some people are just really tough to numb. I am very, very... T- I learned throughout this that I was very, very tough to numb. So they numb also, your head. They numb your... They completely numb your head. They start you on an antibiotic a couple days before, and then they ca- start you on a steroid immediately after. What I found shocking was how little pain I was in. Like, I was in zero pain. There was plenty of discomfort, but no pain. Because okay. my head was just completely numb. But the, the pain I experienced was them giving me anesthesia and like lots of anesthesia oh. to actually numb my head. I never did, but I have videos on my phone of specifically because what they do is they make a bunch of they puncture your head to make the holes for the hair. Right. And then they go and they harvest the hair. And then after lunch, they put the hairs that were also treated. They put the hairs back into your head. And there's a video uh, there's a video on my phone of me getting the hairs harvested or sorry, the other way, getting the uh, puncture holes punched. And like I started to feel pain because I was watching myself in that video. And what I almost did was text that video to Ric Flair and be like that. See, even even your even your YouTube guys blading. Right. right. I don't know if he would have. I, I don't have that relationship with him where I feel like he would have taken that the right way. He would have probably just found a way to charge you money for something. Um, <laughs> twenty. So you had twenty eight hundred punctures. Yes. Holy balls! So all right. So you're numbed, but the next day, must nothing. have been like nothing. Because an, an antibiotic, a steroid, and the anesthesia they used. It wasn't like a short term anesthesia. Like the anesthesia they used is meant specifically. I couldn't feel anything, right. front or back. 
I don't know how much of this. I don't know how much of this is going to wind up on the Kevin Nash show, but we'll. I don't know. I was going to say, uh, folks, uh, the first ten minutes of this program brought brought to you by Aging Old Men. dot com. Well, I'm interested, so fuck everybody. All right, I'm I'm here. I'm here, and I'm entertaining you, cocksuckers, in the middle of this weather event, this weather tragedy, this weather atrocity in Florida. People being swept out to fucking sea, practically. The dunes are gone from the beach. I have footage of this restaurant up the block from Nash's house. It looked looked like I got to show you this picture. It looks like. Look, uh, look, a little Dorothy Gale, a little, uh, a little Kansas here. This is, uh, this is some uh, restaurant. I figured it was a restaurant because that looks like a, um, whew, like a, that's a, like metal. You could see the wheels on the bottom. So I figured that was some kind of like uh, store, uh, like a freezer storage or something like that in here. And you can see, I mean, like the roof is clear, clear off the motherfucker. And that's. Mm-hmm. That's literally yeah. up the block from Kevin. So that's that's how bad it was down there. So I'm here, and I want to talk about hair grafting. Yeah, there we go. We, so everyone, well, the, the beauty of being live to tape is that you record what you record. You decide what stays and goes after the fact. Keep it in. I'm even keep, even keep, you laying on your stomach, getting the you uh, you up your uh, you a e up your ass or whatever. <laughs> there was no a plowed by a robot for two hours, <laughs> harvesting was- hairs from his ass. Oh, it was, it was an all day procedure, but yes, it was, oh. there was, I think, I so think I was your insurance around, covered this. I'm going to have to look. Not at all. No, I had to, oh, I your pay. insurance didn't cover my it. insurance. Oh, okay. Didn't cover that. My insurance covered the finasteride. Right. And if I had to hazard a guess, there are a lot of folks like keeps who I don't want to speak ill of because they may sponsor our podcast or I think for hymns yeah. as a comp- competitor, mm-hmm. they're all great programs and companies that have Propecia or Minoxidil, the other, the other main, uh, oral, oral medical therapy for hair loss that they they sell those i think about a dollar a pill two dollars a pill on a subscription model but if you get it prescribed by your doctor and i'm not saying that they don't prescribe those i'm not saying keeps doesn't prescribe it by a doctor but it's different if you get a doctor in your network to prescribe you finasteride mm-hmm. versus if you go to keeps and then talk to their doctor and then pay them their price okay I'm, get me on the phone with SAG Insurance. I'll try to see. Yeah. Well, so there's, there's I an argument to them. be made. I since oh, okay. dumped them. They they started their, their premium was getting ridiculous. This is this is going back about ten years probably when they uh, the premium they started charging. It was great insurance at one time, and then like they started charging this premium. I was like, fuck it. So anyway, so I will look into that. Those of you out there that are fine with your hair that have been hitting that plus fifteen or plus thirty button for the last ten minutes, you can stop <laughs> now. We're gonna t- we're gonna we're gonna bring up our first um, clip, stiff one of the week. This one involved Jim Cornette, and it was specifically Jim on the curtain call, on the click. And listen, I am a Jim Cornette fan from a producer standpoint. I worked with jim i used jimmy hosted a show for us back to the territories jim was on every one of our shows uh you shoot twice uh guest booker timeline you did two timelines so jim is great jim's entertaining and jim is one of those guys particularly 
who particularly come to life when they don't like something. So you're almost always rooting against whatever Jim's talking about so that you get a pop, so that you get you get a big moment. It's almost like those movie reviewers you, that you would watch on video. That, I know they don't do this anymore, I guess, but they used to have like uh, Siskel and Ebert and mm-hmm. Rex Reed. And these guys were at their greatest when they were bashing something to smithereens. So you never wanted them to like what they were reviewing. So that's kind of like Corny. Corny's at his best when he has his feathers ruffled. And here his contention was, as you'll hear um, with the click, um, Scott and Kevin were leaving, so there wasn't too much you could do to them. But he would have particularly raked Hunter over the coals because he stayed and he was a part of it. So here is uh, our first... And then uh, from there, we'll go into uh, we have uh, the uh, Matt Bourne one and uh, the Honky Tonk Man one. And uh, then we'll bounce back here for some uh, some more exciting commentary. So check these out. We mentioned um, a few weeks ago when we were talking about the curtain call. But um, but here here are the specifics. This is Jim Cornette on the curtain call and what you did to the business. I can't help but think if Jim's mentor, Bill Watts, had been in charge, Triple H would have been fired on the spot. Also, would Jim have considered ending HBK's world title reign early because of his role in the incident? Um, well, for one thing, you couldn't do anything to Nash or to Hall because that was their last night. That was the whole reason for the thing. It was last night there. What I would have done was because he still had their WrestleMania payoffs. They wouldn't have got a goddamn dime. They wouldn't have got a fucking fucking dime for any fucking pay-per-view money that they were owed after they did that that night. That's just right there. And that would have saved Vince a couple hundred thousand dollars. But he didn't do it. Um, Yeah, I would have fired Hemsley because he was a goddamn underneath fucking mid-card guy at best that wasn't necessarily really getting over at that fucking point like gangbusters. And why the fuck that he would think that he had the status in the community just because he hung around these guys and rode in the car with them and they liked to be, you know, him being around because that way they could preserve their pecking order. Everybody had a little spot. Um no, I would have fired him. Fuck you. What the, what the fuck? There's a fucking hundred fucking wrestlers that would love to fucking be in Madison. A hundred, a thousand that would love to be in Madison Square Garden tonight. And you think that you're suddenly somehow enough of a special fucking motherfucker after you've been here a year or fucking 18 months that you can go out and expose the business in Madison Square Garden with your butthole fucking buddies on my goddamn dime? No, go home. You're fucking fired. Well, I guess, see, you know, Jim isn't. Jim, Jim's a brilliant guy. And, uh, I guess he just didn't have. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. The uh, the foresight that the other three of us did that uh, Triple H would someday be running the WWE. Uh, secondly, um, Scott Hall did not work WrestleMania. He said, go fuck yourself. And Goldust had the OJ Simpson Roddy Piper match. I would have deposed Vince and 
with Sean as my witness, have gotten along with Pat, who was in the room, gotten. If I convince this, if if, it, if you guys want to do it, it means that much to you, Sean. It means that much. I didn't break any fucking rule. I did. I did what I was told to do in the ring as far as the finish. Uh, so no, you could not hold my fucking payback. And if it was Jim, I mean, if it wasn't Vince, it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have been Jim. I mean, it's it's very easy to, you know, bark at the at the at the six ten fucking prick when you're not involved in it. But no, I, I went out and did I went out and did a fucking a, a, a clean job for Taker. I worked my ass off in that match. So. Well, uh, they brought up uh, Bill Watts, uh, uh, Jim's mentor. Fuck had, Bill Watts. Had Bill Watts been there, you wouldn't have gotten away with that. So, yeah, what was he going to do? Be a bully? Got his ass fucking beat? Florida man or Jersey guy. I'm going to give you two headlines. I'm not done with Cornette. Yes, you are. We can come back to Jim. I'm no, sure Jim will make no, more appearances no, on here. I no, like Jim Cornette. I, 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 I do, too. Say, I, I like Jim. I just say, and they don't think they, 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 they always fucking, that's so fucking, that's probably tw- 20 years ago that fucking clips from, you know, that's, that's the whole way. It's like, everybody's, everybody's like I, I, I've said on the, 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 the podcast, you know, I never agreed with Cornette when we were, and I, when I was working until I got to TNA, it was the end of my career, and if I can, if we'd be in a room with these fucking guys who want to do the spot fest, me and Cornell would look at each other and go, I don't think we need that much shit right there. Jim would be like, no, I don't think we need that much shit there either. So. I'm good. No. It's, it's time, oh, it's, yeah, as time, time goes on, man, we, you know, like I said, me, me and Cornell could work together now. Very good. All right, two headlines. In, in, one. Den, in Denmark. In, 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 well, just the coastal, to, the coastal you could, cities. You, you, could talk, you could talk to us. We'd be one human. Well, this week's, um, you actually mentioned in our little preview, for any fans that watched uh, the preview episode, uh, they heard you reference this clip from Mr. Matt Bourne. Back today, I don't know what you're talking about, but have Sean show you the clip from our show. Here's our show. This is when I should have never been broken in. This is the one. I heard a guy that's really a a name, become a name in the wrestling business in the last uh, 15, 20 years. Um, Obviously not your dentist. um, He used that F word uh, in an interview that I saw him do uh, in reaction to a flair thing. And uh, he used that word. And I was watching him. I watched this. I'm thinking. I said, "Fuck." You know, should have. I said, "Fake." Wrestling business, mother. Because if you would have, and it would have been done right, you that word would have never came out of your mouth in that context. So Kevin Nash, you don't belong in the wrestling business. Should have never been broke in. You're a big man. You think you're freaking all that, but you ain't. And uh, you should have. Bottom line. You should have never been allowed to break in the wrestling business just because of that one thing. You use that word. Fake? And because I'm not fake. I'm not fake. My father wasn't fake. And uh, I know a lot, a lot of guys out there. Now, that see, those are fighting see, words. See, uh, Big Josh, and what you are saying. I don't care what Vince did mark. to expose it all. Those are still fighting words to me. Oh. 
Now, what I didn't realize at the time, nor did you share when we were on set together, but this happened in a hot tub. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, the start of this conversation happened in a hot tub. No, I, it, come on. You know, it's, it's, it's like a guy's act. It, it actually is, is so well dated, you know, because it's kind of, it just kind of fits right in with the narrative of, of, of today. Guess what, man? Copperfield doesn't make the Statue of Liberty fucking disappear. It's, it is what it is. Now, do I wake up every morning? Am I, I mean, I went to an acupuncturist today and she actually bloodlet me. She fucking took blood out of my ear. She took blood out of like different areas of my body because my, my chakras are, you know, I mean, so I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything and anything. I'm in so much pain and. You know, but as I as I as I said my career early and often, the only things that are, are are real in this business are the money and the miles, and that's it. Was that a Lou Albano quote? Yes. Somebody asked me that on a show recently, and I, I thought it was an Albano yeah. quote. All right. He he was also very good at you always say back in the day. Uh, you say how how long was it to to Poughkeepsie? You say uh, a quarter vodka. I'd be, we didn't go by miles. We went by vodka. How much of vodka took? I was like, yeah, good for you, Lou. <laughs> Would have loved to have known Lou. He was never, never, never got to meet Lou. We got him. We got him so pissed off one night. We were in Providence, and it was me and Shawn Michaels, and he was uh, managing the the head shrinkers. And uh, every time we would go over, we'd we'd, we'd crotch chop him and say hey lou how about a pipe job how about a pipe job and uh i mean just my god what, what, what in the wrong company that might get you yeah in trouble how about a pipe job how about a pipe job huh? you know just so finally we go to the finish and and taunt and sean takes the the slingshot and he does the slaughter uh pat patterson uh madison square garden zipper job i mean but he does it. He he hardways himself, and he busts himself uh, wide open uh, on his forehead. So we're in the back, and they're trying to get his, the blood to stop, and they're trying to hold Lou back. And Lou's got like this little, you know, pocket knife. He wants to kill us. And uh, he said, "What do you got to say now?" And I said, "Well, I want a pipe job." And uh, needless to say, we didn't we didn't get killed. But that was that was my only run in of where I, I later on I said, "Dude," I said, "We're just messing with you." He's having the people could hear. I'm like, yeah, whatever. See, listen, the, the, these guys, Matt Bourne, Lou Albano, kayfabe was a was a real thing, man. And thank you, by the way, for getting Pat Patterson and Pipe Job in the in the <laughs> same story. Justin Terry asks, because wrestling has a deep tradition with handshakes. Have you ever shaken hands with someone you didn't respect? Uh, or did you refuse to also has anyone refused to shake your hand? No, nobody's ever, ever refused to shake my hand. And on top of that, it, the handshake thing is almost, um, I don't think it's respectful as much as it is tribal. Just, Just like, the, like you're the, you're the boys like that's right. like, you know, and then when you broke, when we broke in, it was like, you know, the, Hey brother, hey brother. And then like, Slowly, guys like me got in there. We went, because hey, oh. that's the all the all the guys would tell you. They say you want to fuck these guys up, man. Like I was like three forty, fucking shake their hand and just fucking smash it. They'll think you're not smart at all. I'm working with you tonight. They're like, oh, 
Fuck. Got a giant cement mixer here. Yeah. See, I'm 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 I'm, I'm siding with Matt Bourne with with a lot of the you guys really did, did sh- smash tradition. Listen, we went stiff on Josh Harley, so that brings us to the stiff one of the week. For God's sakes, um, every every week we uh, we play a clip of Kev or someone talking about Kev going a little stiff. This week it's uh, the honky tonk man, everyone's famous, uh, everyone's favorite. Elvis impersonator, a very early star of the shoot genre, which I, of course, could thank him for. He has publicly said that we all should be thanking him for all of the uh, recorded wrestling programming now in the podcast and shoot interview world. Maybe he's right. I don't know. Cause for debate. Let's see. Let's see this week's uh, stiff one of the week. Honky Tonk. I said something one time. That's sorry, motherfucker. I'd shove this fucking thing right up his fucking cocksucking ass. He says one time, I was not a great champion. Hey, Nash, what you, you motherfucker, you couldn't even sell the garden out and you were the world's champion. I sold the fucking garden out eight fucking times. Eight times is not a lot. Bruno sold it out a whole bunch more. So did Hogan. How many times you sell a garden out, Nash? How many fucking times did you sell out Boston, Chicago, Detroit, Montreal, Toronto, Miami, San Francisco, San Diego, L.A.? How many fucking times? Hard places to sell out, Salt Lake City. I've been everywhere. Denver, Colorado. None. Not a fucking time. I will put my record... I'll put my date receipts against your lazy ass any fucking day of the week. Fuck you. What's Thank the you. source of that? Is of that heat? Was there ever a personal exchange? I never even, uh, I never even met the fucking right. guy. I never even saw him. He done some shit on the internet. He was defending uh, Ric Flair, or Jeff Jarrett, or somebody. I don't know whose dick he was sucking. That was my voice. So that I, must have I, been I, you. Shoot. So, I, so I, I guess um, never met me before, but he was so I. I, I have to say this, and I, I, I'm not going to say anything negative about him because for somebody I never met, he came and worked a match when I worked. A, I had a pediatric AIDS uh, event in downtown Phoenix, and uh, he came and and worked a, a match on, on my on my card. Didn't I didn't ask? He just showed up. He lived he lived in Phoenix, and um, so uh, I have nothing. You know what? I have nothing bad. He, he, he can say whatever he wants. I don't think he could get that belt up my ass because I'm absolutely a power top. And, uh, you know. It was so. actually a, a Gatorade bottle filled with vodka that night. I remember the night. Yeah. That's what was going up your ass, by the way. You know, it's a funny thing, though. You know, they say that's a quick absorption through the small intestines. That's the way to get high, right? Stick it up your ass. Um. Little wine enema that a, that a hippie chick taught me in college. I sold out the garden. That phrase, he's not the only one uh, that I've heard talk this way. Um, does one person ever sell anything out? Maybe with the exception of Bruno. You know, Bruno, top of the card. You went to see Bruno. But after Bruno. Yeah, but if Bruno, I mean, if Bruno doesn't have an opponent, do you really fucking, are you going to go? Drop. I don't know what a ticket was back then. Okay, good dollar, point. Dollar thirty-five. Right. Um, whatever the fuck it is. But I mean, it was funny last night. They were talking about Madison Square Garden. Uh, the last, the last raw I watched, I should say. 
they were talking about Madison Square Garden. They were talking about, you know, how these, you know, they were talking about Roman Reigns and how, you know, he's been the champion for, I think, 700 days or whatever. I'm thinking, was it Bruno the champion for like fucking 73 years? It was uh, the first run was like 63 to uh, oh, people get on me here. 63 to, to 70. And then it was uh, then a shorter one, 70 something. It was a total of, I think, maybe. I don't know, eight years, 10 years. I, sh- I should know this. I did a show with Bruno, but, you know, yeah, you, get to, you get to 50. He still, I mean, he still looks like he can put and go. Um, now, but see, now Hogan, you probably could have put now, Hogan, H- Hogan in the I, ring with H- a chair and people H- would have come. Hogan, fucking absolutely. I'm sorry, but fucking, like, you with the IC belt, with, with the, you were never on top in the guard. You just weren't. Fucking like you might have been last match because fucking Hulk when he was a champion went on fourth, so he get the fuck out of there, mm. you know. But right. th- that doesn't mean it's your house. Hey, how about that honky tonk man? Huh? <laughs> Whew. He's gonna find a way to charge us for playing that clip. I d- you know, I I that was another guy that I loved working with, and I he was great for the shoot genre in many ways he's one of the guys that defined it as uh as a place for controversy i mean he's hockey's taking the position now that they're evil you know he maybe he was coerced in some way i don't know what stance he's taken because he was more than happy to come on every every (laughs) fucking one of them and and go berserk and, uh, you know, stayed employed for a little while doing that and kind of kept him relevant. But uh, he, the shoot interview was there before as a historical kind of documenting of guys' careers and stuff. But then Honky was one of those first guys to speak candidly and uncensored about almost anything. And people ate it up. And then the identity kind of changed, not from just these inside retrospectives, hearing about things we're not supposed to know about, to a place that these guys can go and unload on people and have a fucking mental breakdown on camera. It was phenomenal. I loved it. Right? <laughs> it's, what you're, it's what you're looking for. It, it, was, it, was, uh, it was entertaining. Uh, now, the Matt Bourne one has gotten a lot of traction um, even before the podcast here about his uh his objections to the the f word the fake word and kevin's one of those guys kind of like kind of like russo who took a lot of criticism because they would acknowledge the i think it's the fake word that people object to but they would acknowledge that this is not real fighting that's happening the result isn't real the fighting isn't real. There are a lot of risks being taken. I think everyone would agree with that. And it takes takes a great deal of uh, fitness and courage to go mm. in and do the stuff. But it's a fake fight. It's kind of like in movies, maybe, or a live stage show. Indiana Jones at Universal, kind of like that action. No one's getting blown up. So... Yeah, I mean Nash and uh, guys like Russo who say, "Yeah, this is you know, it's fake, it's fake wrestling." Uh, get so much heat, and I love it. <laughs> I love, I love listening to the the ornery, the ornery masses object to that. Don't you, as a fan? Yes, I 
especially because we were talking about Cornette earlier about how like it's kind of it's a unique experience to seemingly a couple hundred thousand fans who will watch AEW on Wednesday and Friday and then Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, listen to Jim Cornette rant about AEW. Like it's a full fledged like 10, 15 hour experience. Yeah. It's like I'm going to watch it and then I'm going to listen to what Jim Cornette had to say about it. It's like an outrage machine that doesn't happen in literally any other show on television. No. And it's again, like if would you want to tune it? First of all, how anyone's tuning into four hours of anything, I don't understand. But if, listen, if you're going to listen to Jim Cornette for us, God fucking bless you. But uh, can how long would the show be if he liked it? How long would his podcast be that day if he liked AEW the night before? It'd be a 20 minute show. He finds, well, cause it's so rare. And he, cause I remember the, it was rampage number two. It was the debut of CM Punk. He raved for like 40 minutes about how incredible that segment was. But he, and he found a way to, to say, this is what they did in this segment. And here are all the times they never did that. Right. This is why this segment was great. This is why their show has been trash. Like he'll find a way. He's an entertaining guy. It's you got to go back to that. Hey, here's why it's trash, right? You always kind of got to go back to that. So that's corny. I mean, that's what you get when you go there, right? That's the brand. That's the corny brand. Yeah. Don't go there if you want to talk about anything nice. No, <laughs> don't <laughs> don't go there if anything is going to be put over. But since we're doing at, uh, these stiff ones of the week, uh, we should we should give our proper time and respect to Blue Chew. A very steadfast supporter of this show and sponsor for the uh, Stiff One of the Week segment, Near Weekly. Um, listen, it's uh, the, the weather's changing. Okay, we're here. We're we're heading into autumn everywhere, no matter where you are. I mean, maybe the uh, gale force winds you might have been dealing with in South Carolina this morning. You're not necessarily thinking about uh, fall, but listen, it's coming. Hurricane season will be over in a month's time, I believe, for folks here in the United States and the South. And the nights are getting longer, baby. But the breeze is not the only thing getting stiff. That's right. It is time to talk blue chew, guys. It's all about confidence, confidence in whatever you do. And the bedroom is no exception, okay? When it's time to step up to the plate, you just want to be able to do it, no matter the circumstances. Hurricane outside, 20 minutes away. The evacuation uh, warning is bleating on your television set. But you want to get one in. You want to get one in. You want to drop one before you get out of town. It would help. If you had Blue Chew in your corner to get you ready to rock and roll, no matter what the circumstances, what the hell is Blue Chew? Well, I'll tell you, it's a unique online service delivering the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. Plan ahead. Be ready whenever the opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. That's the best part, guys. Online. It's 2022. No one's sitting in the office talking about your dick to some crusty doctor, right? No standing online at the pharmacy there while, you know, Bertha loses your order and has to announce to the whole room that your uh, Cialis isn't ready yet. 
This is discreet. It's done online. It shows up at your door. The tablets are made in the USA. They're prepared, shipped directly to your door. There's nothing better than confidence, guys. There's nothing sexier to your partner than this confidence of which we speak. And Blue Chew can help give you that confidence when it counts. You don't even you don't need to have an issue with your dick to do this. There doesn't have to be a problem. This is just like the the super fuel that you're putting in the tank. If you've got to floor it, you want the vehicle to respond. So listen, if you can benefit from that confidence, okay, that surety and strength of hard on, then um, you need to reach out. All right, chew it and do it, guys. It's all about better sex. All right, if you, and we listen, we got a special deal here. Okay, try Blue Chew free. Nothing to lose, guys. When you use our promo code NASH at checkout, pay $5 for the shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code NASH, and receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring the stiff one of the week. Where are we moving to now, man? We're moving into... Mr. Mr. Warrior. Mr. Warrior, yes. The name was changed. Former The former Jim Helwig. His his name is Warrior. Yeah, another one of those guys in the business that you hear about that that nobody's neutral on. No, if you bring no. up Warrior, no one goes. Eh, I knew. Yeah, no. There, there's there's some there's some visceral reaction that's going to happen when you mention Warrior. Depends who you're talking to and what era. Did they work mm. with him in World Class? Did they work with him in WWE? Um, yeah, but Warrior is. Uh, is and and another guy uh, pretty highly opinionated when you spoke to him, right? Very, very much so. Yeah. We- so we have a couple of things here. We got Warrior, and then uh, we got Nash when he did. Uh, he- Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about. How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. It is spot on Fox News following the, uh, the tragedy perpetuated by that douchebag, Chris Benoit. So check these out. We'll be back in a minute. Here's the stiff one of the week, Kev. Uh, this is uh, our, everyone's favorite warrior. The only person I know to have ever changed their name to warrior. But uh, here's warrior on the click. How would the company change from the last time you were there? It hadn't really. I mean, there was the click going on between Nash and Hall and those guys. And those guys are scumbags. I mean, they're, they're just... Uh, you know, the the kind of ribs and stuff that they would play and tearing people's stuff up. And there's always they always got ulterior motives to destroy people instead of concentrating on what they have to offer and what they can do. They got to play both sides and try to, you know, damage other people's abilities from the backside. Backside, clearly a reference to the summer of 92. Were you guys ripping people's clothes up? I didn't think no. that was you guys i heard like no. a lot of di- uh, dynamite would do shit like no. that but yeah he went when, when he was asked what what we did or whatever he just kind of you know when they were uh on top of the card 
having great matches, holding people back because they were on top because everyone knows that Vince puts people on top that don't draw and, uh, but no, nothing had changed except I was opening match. Did you get along with, with warrior? Could anyone get along with warrior? He was a bit of an odd bird. You know, I, so I moved to Phoenix and, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to call him fucking warrior. I'm going to call him Jim. <laughs> so, uh, Jim has a gym and it's warriors gym. So I go there and he's got a, uh, a blazer, uh, and it's airbrushed. I mean, I mean, he put Jimmy Hart to shame airbrushed with warriors face on the fucking hood of it and everything else. And you walk into the gym and it's corrugated steel with, you know, all kind of, it's, you know, kind of has this, but it had a good atmosphere. And, uh, I walked in and I bought two platinum, uh, memberships, one for me and one for my wife. Didn't ask for a fucking uh, nothing free. I, I mean, gave him, you know, close to a, a, a grand. And this is probably 94, 95 for a year's membership. So I, I would come in there on my days off. And at, the, at that point, it was, you know, it was a lot more, you know, than I, than I had previously had. And, um, I would, I would see his truck out there and I'd be like, Oh, fuck. Let me just you know, say hi to Jim. And I walk in there and believe it or not, at the front, at the front desk, uh, the girl that worked there was, her name was Dana. And, um, she taught aerobics and she was friends with my wife. They became friends who ended up being the warrior's wife who okay, does the, yeah. you know, the warrior award. That's Dana. Yeah. So, uh, it's, I guess she goes by Dana Warrior now. I, um, but uh, anyway, um, I, he just like he he would just he would run and I would see him. I'd be working out. He's oh, he'll be out in the, he'll be out in the floor seeing you a little bit, and I just see his truck take off. He had like this back door he'd go out because he didn't want to. So finally one day I, I I saw his truck and I looked in the gym and he was working out. He was doing uh, lateral raises. So I just fucking walked in behind him. I fucking stood behind him and I was a head taller than him. I said, we got a fucking problem. And he turned around. He was like, no, no. I said, what the fuck, man? I said, we're the, I thought we're the boys. Like I, I didn't know the dude. I mean, I had this first fucking time in my life that I've seen this human being. And, uh, he, uh, put like a two page handwritten note. On the, uh, I had a, a, a Bronco at the time, which I still own. It's, it's so I, I should say it, I had my Bronco in, in, uh, in Phoenix at that time. We, we lived in, we both lived in, he, I think he lived in Carefree. I was in North Scottsdale, but we lived within three or four miles from each other. And, um, he put this like long note how I was, I was, uh, I, I was a warrior. Like he had, I, he, he had approved. Oh, and you got the, you got, the I got the, I got the fucking, the nod of approval. And he, 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 he rolled me two really fucking nice fucking blunts and, and, and put it in my, uh, in my, uh, the fucking windshield wiper. Hmm. So, and then he came in, uh, and he worked that, that thing with Hogan. Uh, 
like when he came in at the, at, at, at the end, the only thing was, was, uh, you know, he beat, uh, he, he beat, uh, Triple H in like two seconds at WrestleMania. But I'd already given my notice. I mean, I didn't have any, nobody, nobody, nobody said a word to that fucking guy. And, uh, cause he, and then Vince said, um, when I told him I was, I was definitely leaving and Vince and I were sitting down in Vince's office and Vince said, I want you to do three favors for me. I want you to put over Shawn Michaels and in your house, Omaha. I said, fuck yes. He said, I want you to put Taker over at WrestleMania. I said, anything for Mark. I said, I, I know I, I, I worked with Mark in, uh, Israel when he had broken ribs and, you know, and he was still doing the gimmick where he had to sit up all the time. He had this flak vest on to try to protect his ribs. And that motherfucker, man, just, it was, you know, so mm-hmm. anything for Mark. And then he said, and I want you to put over the warrior. And I said, I said, I'll do it on raw if he can take one on me. And he said, what do you mean? I said, in a shoot, if he can take one on me, I'll, I'll do the fucking job. He said, well, all right, then how about just those two? <laughs> I said, yeah, cool. So they were looking, they were looking to, to get some, some real traction. They were, they were going to go somewhere with Warrior that late? Well, you know, they did this thing where he put out a comic book, and they uh, put a comic book with every issue of uh, WWF at the Time magazine. So you got the, and, and he, they, that was a way that he charged them like two bucks a copy or whatever the fuck it was. So, I mean, he got, he got like a nice little, uh, payday, you know, coming in the door. Yeah. You know, so. Well, well, that way he was much stiffer on you there than you were on him. Well, and the thing is, you and Scott were scumbags. Yeah. Well, he also, I mean, so then I, I challenged him to a shoot fight. On, on on Twitter, and it so it, it gets to the point where, and I mean, I, I I swear to God, I was stoned, and I fucking typed like whatever it was back then, one hundred forty, and I'm I'm stoned as fuck, and I type it, and I just send it out, and I'm like, ah, what the fuck? He comes back with like this edited. There's like thirty three edits in it. He spent three fucking days of his life. Because I just told him, like, hey, man, we just put up a hundred grand. We're just fucking getting the ring. We just go. Winner takes all. I need nine months to trade. Obviously, you don't respect the mixed money. Just, I'm just thinking to myself. So I'm watching this thing and I'm, I'm looking at all these edits and how many days it must have took for him to do this. I'm thinking, like, oh, wow, man. Like, I didn't realize like you would give me that much real estate in your brain. So then it jumped forward and now it's, it's the Hall of Fame and he's going in and, um, and I'm there and I forget who was going in that time. Was Scott go, did Scott go in with him or did, I don't know. Someone will look it up. Yeah. I don't know who went in. Maybe I did. I don't, I don't fucking know. I didn't, we didn't go in together. Mine was, Macho was, was, uh, was with me, with me, but um. Anyway, so he's he's in the light because they're taking pictures, and you can't see when that light's on. It was almost like how we were uh, Sunday You're on stage. Yeah, yeah. It's like you can't fucking see beyond that fucking that band of lights, 
And I just fucking walked through those lights. And this is the first time since, I mean, it's been a couple of years, but I mean, this is the first time we've seen each other since all this, you know, things back and forth. And I just slowly start walking towards him. And I can see, he's just looking at me, you know? And I get, I get, I get close enough where I could have strike, could have easily have striked him. And, uh, distilled nothing. I put my hand out. I said, congratulations. And we hugged. He was sopping wet. And it was freezing in this room. And he was sopping wet. So I'm thinking to myself, like, in retrospect, like, fuck, like, he was, he was in trouble because he had a heart attack, like, two, two days later. He did, yeah. You know? And it was just like, I was thinking to myself, like, fuck, man, I should just like, dude, are you okay? Because I remember it really stuck with me, man. He was just, and it was cold in that room. And he was, and he was sopping wet. Well, it's a good thing he didn't make a move because that would have been a fucking involuntary manslaughter for you if, uh, oh, we, with, his, I, with his bad ticker. No, he was, I wasn't going to do, I wasn't, I wasn't going to do anything. Yeah. You know, well, I wasn't going to. If he did, anything. you would have had to defend yourself. Uh, he wasn't going to. How he tall was he? He was not tall guy. Right? Six three, maybe. Oh, that's, that's tall. Six two. I don't know. I remember right. the first, I saw him when I was a Mark. I, was, I went down to Joe Lewis and I saw him and he was the dingo warrior. Yeah. He was the biggest motherfucking human being in the ring I'd ever seen in my life. He was so fucking was jacked. So jacked. Yeah. Yeah. And he wasn't on TV yet. And he worked with Ronnie Garvin and Garvin did the fucking, that got him down, like slammed him and did the Garvin stomp all the way around. Yeah. And then he kind of hulked out of that and fucking, you know, did the clothesline, <laughs> clothesline. Yeah, you then know, hit him with a splash. You know, I'm thinking a whole episode on the Garvin stomp next week, maybe. Okay, that's just the, the various times the the, and the wow. effectiveness of the move. I think it should be brought back today with today's era of believability. This week's stiff one, Kevin, takes us to Hannity and Combs. Do you remember being on this show? Oh, what a fucking these the mother Benoit. these motherfuckers! They put me behind a fucking barbecue shack on Atlantic Avenue. With a monitor smaller than I'm looking at right now, and I, I like it, like I couldn't hear, I couldn't see anything. It was you talking about bushwhacked. Yeah, she gets a little cunty with you at the end. because uh, because I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't. She wanted it. you to attribute the murder to steroids. Uh, yeah, and because, anything less than that, they weren't going to accept that. Yeah. Uh, you were saying, you know, I, I, we have to wait for toxicology. I, I've done steroids. I've never murdered anyone. But they were not having that. They they want they wanted to get their results. So here's a clip from the uh, Hannity and Combs show uh, with Kev regarding the uh, Chris Benoit. Um, if I'm not mistaken, neither one of them are. I got some fucking ham and egger that spent all day fucking makeup and didn't do any, any research. No, you're right. It wasn't Sean Hannity. Yeah, no, yeah. it was it no, was, he was fucking. But. Was hanging out with a pillow guy way before his time. Let me, let me ask you, let me ask you a basic question about the industry. Do you think that wrestling is a legitimate sport along the lines of baseball? Absolutely not. It's entertainment. 
So, so, so there should. Okay, so, so because the baseball players have had to go before and testify before Congress, do you think that wrestling, uh, uh, the wrestling pros, and that the association should uh, uh, be required to testify before Congress if there's some sort of legislation uh, that they bring up that you're any sort of example to these high school and college kids who are out there? Uh, do you have any responsibility to actually uh, follow the law, or or should we just let you uh, your industry off the hook because you're, as you call it, merely entertaining? No, I think that if you break the law, you break the law. It doesn't matter where you are. The thing is, is there's no toxicology. This, the toxicology has not came out yet. All this is speculation. There were steroids found in the house, yes. But until Chris's levels come back, along with everything else, I mean, I just think it's so sexy and it's such a media craze that it's steroids were involved, steroids were involved. You know what? Until this comes back and it's and it's shown that his levels are above uh, four to one, then, then I think. And, you and have what if to they just... are shown above four to one? I mean, as you sit here and deny that you've ever seen any sort of uh, kind of ro- roid rage, uh, which also seems to kind of stretch credibility. But uh, what, what if, in fact, that it does come back? Have you ever taken that it was, steroids? That it was because of steroids. Then I'm asking you, have you ever taken steroids? No, I have not taken steroids. And she, she can prove it because so, uh, I don't think you get that muscular thing. Thank you very much, Kevin, I'm for just being saying, with us. I'm just saying, you're, you're, you're doubting my credibility. I've taken them and I haven't seen it. All right, so we thank you very I know much that's for not time, what Kevin. you want to hear. Charlie Daniels coming up next. You were followed by Charlie Daniels, in case you're wondering. Who, who's a fucking juicer? I mean, that guy was... I mean, God rest his soul, but I, I bought my first fucking cycle of trend from him. That's how we rocked that fiddle so hard. Yeah. So, uh, so you know what? They always say I have CTE, and and, and I was calling. I, I I didn't say toxicology correctly. So obviously, my my CTE. Oh, is, oh. <laughs> toxicology. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, did you ever? Were you contacted by them uh, ever again? Did you go back on? Fuck no, that bitch, man. She. You could I, I I can't prove it, but I think she was speed diddling while I was fucking talking to her. Well, she did so. have that little giggle, that yeah. snarky giggle, like, yeah. which I think <laughs> stretches your credibility a little bit. You're kind of aggressive. Hey, let me ask you a question, sweetheart. These fucking actors, right? The fucking show up in these movies with a fucking eight pack and fucking put on thirty pounds for a fucking role. What do you think they do? Huh? Wait, you think that's creatine? You fucking stupid bitch. There you go. I got one thing to say to her. There we go. The parts are going to come flooding in if you can uh, isolate that and put that they, on your if reel. They do, if they do fucking Legends of the Fall 2, I'm in. All right, that was uh, that was Warrior, and um, and Nash on Fox News. When I first saw that Fox News clip, um, I I couldn't believe the like the setup. It was like a hit job, you know. Like it was almost like I said, let's get a wrestler out here and and let's start to blame this on all the steroids that they're using, and. Uh, what we, were, what we were talking about was the murder of someone's wife and child and suicide for them to think it was as simple as to go, yeah, a little roid rage. 
I, I get a little bit of a short temper when I have, uh, you know, Decca being shot in my ass cheek. <laughs> so, yeah, I might go out and murder my wife tonight if I get a little ornery. Who the fuck was going to say that? Well, I also I dislike the idea that they had a theory, which was, oh, it must be steroids. <clears throat> Not a not an industry that people work 300 days a year hurt and then have to take a bunch of drugs to work hurt. Nope. Steroids to make their muscles big. It's roid rage. And then they proceed to have a bunch of athletes on the show who would know way more about steroids than all the stuffed shirts on Fox News. Right. But, but then, when, then it came, when they didn't agree with the theory, they then questioned the. Uh, oh, yeah. They were immediately like, oh, you you must have CTE. They didn't call it CTE yet, but like, oh, you must have been hitting the head too many times. You're on the news. The news is telling you what happened. And it's like, no, I've been in the professional wrestling business a long time. I know what happens when people take steroids, and it's it's not this. And as flippantly as they might say, I think you've been hitting the head too often, that's going to – we're probably going to find out is likely more than anything else. It's funny how they – they jokingly arrive at likely the correct diagnosis of what happened. Right. But they're like, nope, steroids. Got to make this story one page. Well, at least today, they there are avenues to help guys uh, with all this stuff as, as it begins to come to light. And um, the the life on the road, OK, the physical life on the road. And today's schedule is not as heinous as it was back in the day. But that leads to things like depression and, and you know, these guys were away from their families. And, and uh, it is sometimes a lonely insular life. Rats can only keep you so amused, right? Eventually you're going to have to lay down alone every night. And uh, the word from our sponsor, better help. Nowadays we have things like better help. Okay, for anyone who might be inclined, for anyone who is not able to get into that problem solving mindset. Okay, Um, when you're focusing on the problems and not the solutions, let's say how that goes, uh, you sometimes need to reach out. You need to reach out to somebody. And nowadays it is becoming more and more available. Thanks to people like BetterHelp. In the United States, I don't know where you're listening, in the United States, the mental health care system is in great need of overhaul and has been for a while. And I am elated when I can talk about products like BetterHelp. Making, uh, democratizing and making help, mental help, available at a, in a much easier, convenient way. Um, I've been to I've been to therapy uh, with others, and I've seen the benefit that talking to someone for strategies can be. And a company like BetterHelp is what this is all about. Okay, um, the benefits that you have when you talk to somebody, when you work with nobody sits there and ever holds your answers. If you're someone who's considering therapy, it's not a magic key. Okay, nobody sits there and gives you the answer, but they work with you to find your answer because everybody's different and you need that kind of personalized care when you're talking about something like this. So if you are thinking of giving therapy a try, 
BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, very accessible on your device. Um, it's affordable and it's entirely online. Now you're going to get matched with the right therapist. Okay. After filling out a brief survey and you can switch therapists at any time, by the way. So if you want to become a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. You're going to visit betterhelp.com slash click K L I Q. You'll get 10% off your first month. Okay. That's better. H E L P.com slash click. Okay. And we thank them for what they're doing for all of us. And, uh, Hey, are you ready? The Christmas countdown's on at JCPenney. Through Saturday, use your coupon and dash away with very merry savings on last-minute gifts across the store. Like fine jewelry stocking stuffers up to 70% off after coupon. And save up to 50% on comfy, stylish outerwear for the whole fam. Add curbside pickup to make your trip extra quick. We got your holiday. JCPenney. Offers good on select items through 1224. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. That gets us to Bret Hart. Whew. He, speaking of warrior, opinionated Ben. Brett's such an interesting cat. You know, um, Brett's work rate in the ring was so great. You know, this. what do we have as fans? Okay, what do we have to invest in in watching a wrestler in the ring? Okay, I'm not talking about the, the microphone I always valued more, by the way. When I was a kid, I didn't give a shit what happened when the bell rang, quite honestly. I was lured by the mic. I was always hoping for some juice. I wanted to see some blood. <laughs> I wanted to see something outrageous happen. Um, but I was always lured by the guys on the stick. Okay. So naturally, Brett d- did not light them up when he held the mic. All right. But his work rate in the ring, if you're just looking at that, the believability, what do we have to look at? Believability, right? You want to be able to suspend disbelief, look like those, those punches are connecting those, you know, that whip to the turnbuckle that he would take in the, in the chest that couldn't have felt good. So Brett was tight as hell in the ring great work ethic and i guess that it helps that he's from a legendary wrestling family right um no one coming out of Stu hart's home was going to get in a ring and embarrass anybody you would have been told to do something else probably Stu whacked you in the back of the head with the spatula as he was flipping the eggs as he flung the cat shit off the counter with the same spatula um so Brett's old, very old school in that way. And when you talk to Brett, that's his perspective. He takes takes the business very seriously. People say, oh, Brett takes Brett seriously. Brett, you know, Brett's a Brett Mark. And, well, Brett takes the business seriously. He's part of it. Well, so he no one's denying he was a top guy for a long period of time. So if you're on ad free shows on ad free shows, I a top I guy. Re- I can't reveal who is and isn't a member of oh. adfreeshows.com, but I'm also mentioning he was top of the card for quite a bit of time. Oh. And I think people say, oh, Brett takes Brett seriously. And I'm like, well, but if he's top of the card and he takes the business seriously, then yes, Brett Hart takes Brett Hart seriously. Exactly. Exactly. So um, this is, uh, uh, well, we're going to hear Brett. So we're going to hear Brett's, uh, but uh, Bruce Pritchard was also on air with, uh, with Conrad. I guess about a year ago, this is from, and uh, they were talking about uh, Kevin's decision to leave um, being 
connected potentially to Bret Hart not wanting to take the powerbomb. So let's check this out. All right. Uh, our stiff one of the week. It is time for the stiff one of the week. Let's go to uh, let's go to the video for this. Um, this is from a, a podcast on this network, uh, which aired, I guess, about a year ago. I want to say they were talking. Kevin uh, Bruce Pritchard rather was talking to Conrad about um, your reason for leaving the WWE. Uh, and they were talking about a story you told me on one of uh, my video shows uh, on a timeline. Let's let's listen to this. This would wind up leading to the WCW's boom period for the next several years, but several interviews have indicated that Nash made his decision to leave right after this in your house show. Uh, he said once in an interview with our friend, Sean Oliver over at kayfabe commentaries, that there was an incident that ensured that he was going to renew his contract or he was not going to renew it. Rather, he's supposed to hit the jackknife and be set to win the match until the undertaker comes through the ring. But Nash said, Brett refused to take his finish. And Brett says, no, thinking people will feel like he was beat. And Nash says, Taker, who never says anything, jolts up out of his chair and says, motherfucker, not everything is about you. This helps our match mean more at WrestleMania. But they got there the day of, and Vince made the call that Brett was not going to take the powerbomb. But Nash says this change was the straw that broke the camel's back. You heard that story before? Oh, I've heard it before. You know, look, I, I think that I think Kevin and Scott both had their minds made up, and I think Kevin had his mind made up long before that. This was just I, an think, easy I think thing. it's a convenient excuse. There you go. Um, I don't know what you know what Kevin was thinking. I don't claim to be in Kevin's mind. I just think that if I were a Betty man, I think that Kevin had his mind made up a long time ago. So I hope the fuck you're not a Betty man. What's that? I said, I hope the fuck you're not a Betty man. Then. No. So was it as spontaneous as you told me, or yeah. was this a long-term plan? Uh, no, I was thinking about it. I would say, if, if, if anything, it was the uh, the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. So it's something, I mean, I guess anytime you're working in a competitive industry, like you're always thinking about, ooh, is there a spot for me over there? Absolutely. So, I mean, it, it had to have crossed your mind. But, but this was the impetus for you saying, fuck it, I'll go. Yeah. Okay. And when, so when you had the discussion with Scott, it made Scott happy because he knew he was someone was going with him, right? Like we're going to be a week apart. It was perfect. So it was like, like you know, a guy, a guy that I spent nine hundred, well more than that because I've spent probably a year with Scott before I, I went to the WWE, and right. uh, so I I'd already had so we had time together. I mean, we were going in there together. And the deal was us, you know, and Hogan joining us, like the way that, that Eric pitched, like the, the angle was just like, wow, like this is, this could actually, you know, this could work. What was Bruce? Was Bruce in the office at that time over there? See, I don't, there's a picture of us with ugly sweaters on. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't yeah. remember. I, I don't remember Bruce ever being, I remember Pat and Vince with that. NFL pad like right in TV, like I and going over shows and I I mean I just I don't I just don't remember I don't okay. I, I I didn't have any contact with Bruce 
as far as um, right creatively. All right. Now, this segment, this stiff one of the week is Brett. Uh, Brett on the click. Let's see, Brett. Where are you, Brett? It was uh, Scott Hall, Shawn Michaels, and Kevin Nash that approached me in Germany about uh, being the head of the click. I didn't know this. We would all take control of the top matches, and we would uh, decide who worked with who, and we would take control of the whole company and start, you know, like Triple H would wrestle uh, Sean and one, two, three kid would wrestle. Um, I remember Sean tell me he would wrestle one, two, three kid and triple H and Razor Ramon. He was going to, all they were going to do is work with their friends. You know, they're going to leave out everybody else in the dressing room from Owen to Savio Vega and everyone, anyone else that deserved a, from Lex Luger to whoever you can think of that they would all get bypassed over and it would be just Sean's friends and Kevin's friends and one, two, three kid would wrestle Sean for the belt and they'd all, they'd control all the belts and they'd control who makes the money and who gets paid. And I remember going, I don't want to be part of anything like that. That's not fair to the other wrestlers. And, uh, I say, everybody has a chance. If you're good enough to beat me, if someone's good enough to be the champion, then he'll be the champion because he's good, good enough. I want to ask you first if you guys asked him to take control of your click for you. I don't remember having the conversation, but. Would you have relinquished control of your group to Brett? Is it something that might have happened? We didn't travel together. Right. But I mean, the thing is that and, and if you look at the. At the last match at, that before the the click was disbanded, it was. Uh, Diesel and Shawn Michaels were the main event for, in a cage for, uh, mm-hmm. the world title. Triple H was fighting, uh, Paul for the IC belt. Seems to me like we had all the belts anyway, so. So you're saying maybe you didn't need Brett? Was that what I'm hearing? No, fuck, I, I did. <laughs> I had, I mean, he was great. I had had some of my, my best matches with Brett. So didn't hurt when he signed that WCW contract and you had that most no. favored nations either, no. did it? No. Brett no, played just, a significant role in your family's life. No, Brett, so I've, I've always, um, I think he had more problems with, with different people in our clique than, than me. Oh, Sean, mean, obviously. We could say yeah. it was Sean. Right? I mean, it's just, you know, Brett and I never uh, had, had a problem. Yeah. I, uh, I, I had... I talked to Nash several times on air on our kayfabe shows about about his leaving. And I've heard him talk even before that about when he was going to leave WWE. And um, I, 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 this was not part of a long range plan. So I, I do tend to believe that, listen, you're always going to consider, right? You're always going to think and go, oh, is the grass greener on the other side? But there's usually some kind of impetus that pushes us to pull the trigger when we're leaving a job for another job, especially if a friend of yours is headed over there and, you know, says, you know, <laughs> things are pretty sweet. You know, it, it might just take one or two things to go wrong that night to go, you know what? Fuck this. Well, also, Nash does a good job of explaining the context to him at that time monetarily. Because it's easy in 2000, 2001, and definitely in 2022 to look at the size of the WWF, WWE since then and forget that he was like 
I'm going from an unstable, unstable, probably non-livable wage to a livable wage. And I, I do believe when Kevin said Kevin's a loyal guy. I do believe that if Vince would have went into his pocket and made that money happen, mm-hmm. I believe he would have stayed. And I just he was asking for guaranteed money. And like, I think over over the next 10 years, guaranteed money became a dirty word in pro wrestling because there was so much of it at the top. But correct me if I'm wrong. He was asking for like one hundred and fifty, maybe two hundred thousand dollars a year guaranteed. But to be that, the top guy on your TV show, isn't that funny? Even what you just said, how wrestling fans will 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 turn on the guys that began to treat their career like an actual career, and not that they just wandered you know, under the circus tent and said, "Oh, I can throw people around for a while. You can pay <laughs> me in peanuts or coins." You know, when it when any of these guys that began to treat it like a fucking like an NFL player, no one's yeah. got problems with these guys. NBA players, no one's got a problem with them. When when it became big business, you know, eighties NBA, and and on, yeah, no one's got a problem. When a wrestler treats it like like a career, like a business, like a sport, has an agent, they get shit. Yeah, never I mean- understood that. That happens in some professional sports towns like Philadelphia, where I'm from, but only if that player starts doing poorly. Everybody loved Ter- Terrell Owens until he started playing poorly. Then we're yeah. like, hold up, you're you're a distraction. All right. So, but that's tied to his performance, though. Yes. So like, n- oh, yeah. No, no one's doubting like- that Kevin was drawing or, or any of the guys in that echelon. Oh, yeah. Kevin, Brett, uh, the Scott, Sean, any of those guys. No one's going to deny that they fucking they filled the house. So. Um, so, so why can't they say, why can't they say I deserve a piece of this? Look at the numbers you're bringing mm-hmm. in. Where's my cut? If, I don't know. No, no one complained that Michael Jordan got however many tens of millions of dollars oh, yeah. he did because he filled the Rosemont horizon or whatever it became after that, for Christ's sake, the Chicago arena. No one's got a problem with that. When it's wrestling, people tend to, to look down on the, on the talent, whether you're talking about right. Hogan Anybody else never got that. It is interesting. Wrestling seems to just be different than a lot of other things. I was explaining, I was explaining to friends of mine who are just fans of other TV shows, like reality competition shows. <clears throat> and I mentioned, I was like, How, what was the rating of that finale? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, if I keep forgetting that that's only a part of pro wrestling fandom. If you're a fan of survivor, you don't care if, 2 million people or 20 million people watch Survivor. You like Survivor. Good point. Yeah. It's something about wrestling fans that we, and some would say Meltzer has like trained us to do that, but I don't, I don't know if that's completely the case, but for something, for some reason, that's part of the conversation of a wrestling fan. You're like, I like that Seth Rollins promo that will Osprey match was really good. And I heard the ratings were great. What was the quarter hour? Yeah. Like what was, (laughs) but it's like, what was the quarter hour where it's like, I, we who we none of us are stockholders. Like, why are we following that number? Mm. No, I know. We were kind of trained into that. I, I'm gonna say the uh, the Monday Night War era. You know, ninety eight, mm. ninety seven, ninety eight, when they started announcing 
It became part of the discussion. Okay, so the newsletters would begin to print this now, and the uh, there were no podcasts, but like there was that live show on Iata. Remember Iata dot com? I know Whew. Meltzer and uh, Alvarez would go on there and and talk. I guess it was the earliest form of the of the podcast, the online radio show. But um, we were now privy to what these guys were drawing the night before, and. Uh, so, yeah, it became part of the discussion as much part of the discussion as what the opening match was, who had the title, what was the quarter hour. We were becoming too smart. The smarts were becoming too smart. And uh, probably because and, and even to, and, and today it's not even smarts, not even a term. Right. Everyone is smart. today. Right? It, we are just to assume that there is no division between the marks and the smarts. Everybody knows the quarter hour on the Will Ospreay yeah, you, deal. Like you, you find. <laughs> You find an 11-year-old in the lobby at a wrestling show. They could probably tell you what the rating was last week. It's become so ingrained in the behavior. And it's just so different from literally anything else. It makes it so much less fun, though, too, because yeah. it's it, it's just more that continues to draw the curtain back. And listen, I'm as guilty as anybody for having contributed to that with the, you know, the shows I did with Cafe. But, uh, but you made it a business. <laughs> You yeah, made I don't know if that's any uh, <laughs> if that makes it any better. I would. I don't know. I've I've spent a lot of my time professionally finding things that live in my head rent free, and then finding a way to charge them rent. Right, that's true. And like so, like pro wrestling to me was a thing that lived so much in my head rent free. Where I was like, I I really need to find a way to work with these guys, if for no other reason, so that I can make some money. Right. Make some money on the thing that I think about all the time. Right. Well, it's and there's plenty of money to be made. Uh, that's, you know, wrestling was an untapped uh, for a long time. If it, it was like if you weren't part of the big machine, you couldn't uh, you couldn't monetize it. But uh, people have found ways and continue to. And you know what, Steve, you know what gets me as excited as that? A good night's sleep. Hell it yeah. is elusive. It is elusive. For me, it's elusive. I'm a goddamn mess. I've woken up on the floor. I'm all over the place. I can't sleep. I try, I try, I try to fall asleep. Ugh, please, I'm not even going to go into this. It's a nightmare. <laughs> I remember my, my I tried a solo podcast a few years ago, right? Right when uh, right before the pandemic hit, uh, just to kind of get my feet wet in this and, and learn the game a little bit. And I was talking about my inability to fall asleep. So I have to find things to watch or listen to to put me to sleep and uh, i brought up a, a ton of shit that i was finding like uh god i don't remember what i was talking about at the time but but people you know how they say there's a community for everything out there oh very much oh people were posting suggestions for me asmr stuff interviews with certain people that will put you right and what a compliment by the way if you if you're <laughs> the you're the talent when you get told there are even podcasts specifically designed to put you there's this one guy he's so funny i guess i'll put him over it's called sleep with me that was the one i was going to mention okay i've tried them and he's got just this kind of bland delivery and he just rambles for 45 minutes about anything could be reviewing a tv show just talking about something that he saw that day and it's like the whole purpose of it is to get you knocked out so quickly that you don't even hear the remaining 40 minutes 
of the podcast. The, if he can knock you out in the first five minutes, he's done his job. So, yes, sleep is a struggle. But let me tell you something that has come into my life. Courtesy of hosting this show and getting some free swag, baby. I'm not going to hide that. It is sleep me, formerly chilly sleep. Okay. Sci this is scientific. The best way to achieve and maintain consistent deep sleep is lowering the core body temperature. Okay. This is undeniable. Temperature controlled sleep repairs muscle. Um, it, it improves cognitive function so that you always feel uh, strong when you start your day. You're sharp. You're alert. Sleep me. Okay, is the new home for Chili Sleep, bringing you the same great sleep that Chili Sleep offered. It's just a new name. Sleep Me makes the coldest and most comfortable sleep systems available. They create the environment that meets the body's natural need for lower core temperatures, promoting deeper restorative sleep. Chili Sleep makes the Uller Cube, uh, the Doc Pro Sleep System, water-based Temperature-controlled mattress toppers fit right over your existing mattress and provide you the ideal sleep temperature. Now, my wife, who is always cold, I can't be cold enough when I sleep. I need it cold, so my settings go down. But the Uller system that we have goes from 60 up to 115, so she can raise it up into higher temperatures at night when she's cold and the uh, you know the weather is beginning to change here. Now these mattress pads uh, they keep your they fit your bed perfectly, okay, and they keep the perfect temperature for deep cold sleep or warm sleep if you're if you're feeling a little cold. These sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. They have just launched the new Doc Pro sleep system, okay? Has two times more cold power than other models. It's whisper quiet, has a tubeless mattress pad design that allows for five times more cooling contact. Pair it with the new Sleep.me app for enhanced device control and sleep scheduling. Guys, go now. Sleep.me slash Kevin to learn more. You're also getting 25% off the purchase of any new Doc Pro, Cube, or Uller sleep system. The offer is available exclusively for Click This, the Kevin Nash podcast listeners, and only for a limited time. So go now. That's sleep.me, S-L-E-E-P dot M-E slash Kevin. Take advantage of this. Wake up refreshed every day. Um, now, I wonder if... if um, when Nash blew the quad, if he could have almost like a, um, almost like a, uh, uh, a, um, what am I thinking? A heating pad, right? He could have mm. wrapped the sleep me system around his leg that night to keep it, uh, I, actually, or would you have, when do you need cold when you need heat? I always get that confused when I'm wounded. It's never clear. <laughs> right. When are you, you using an ice pack? When are you using a heating pad? I feel it's like a, it's like inserting a USB. It's the third try. If you think you need heat, try heat. You don't need heat. You actually need cold. Right. But then you don't need cold. You need you actually need heat. But for whatever reason, it needs to be the third try. See, cold is a swelling. Thing, yeah. Right. It's to keep swelling down, and then heat. As I think to keep things loose, like for a muscle. If you pull a muscle, you should probably use heat. 
I don't fucking know. I Somebody's going to let us know. My degree is not in medicine, in case you were unclear about that uh, <laughs> at 13 weeks in. Uh, the reason I bring up the uh, the quad, not to be like one of these trolls, uh, but uh, that is this segment, okay, when we talked about and you revealed that you were actually there yes. in the arena the night that uh, Kevin hurt his leg. I was there, and I, I feel... I revealed something. I revealed that to you before we hit record. And then I mentioned, yet nobody knew anything happened because injuries are unspectacular. Like actual real injuries are unspectacular. And then I said that and you're like, I'm going to bring you on to say that. And then you were doing a real big Zapruder film bit. And then like Steve was there. Steve, were you at the grassy knoll? And I was was not prepared to play along with that bit. So what people are going to see is... A very brief moment of me trying to play along and then you saying, Steve, you said this. And I was like, yeah, I said that. And you like edited yourself out of it, right? A little bit. I, I felt I I felt I could have come off better and I had access to the cut. So I cut a little bit of myself out. And what it was is I made an additional point and got just a yeah from Nash. And I was like, well, I don't think we need that. <laughs> Well, so He's this is that make, clip. I made that point. And I reiterated that point, And then he like there was nothing. There's no need to reiterate that point. But this is that clip. This is that clip. Then from there, we're going to go. We're going to go to Brian Clark, who was Wrath and uh, Adam Bomb. But you do have him in my notes as Brian Adams. So I just oh. want to make clear that in no way are we going <laughs> to shit on everything I do. I do for you or cuts like a knife or heaven, because I consider them to be three very good songs from the, the very Canadian Brian Adams. But this would be Brian Clark. All right. Now, the stiff one of the week is uh, is not so much going to be an audio cue. So I'm going to have to for, for the folks listening, I will talk you through this. Uh, this is a night in Philadelphia, Kevin, uh, where I, I don't know if you remember this. I don't know if fans even remember this, uh-huh. but um, but you blew your quad out during a match. Now, this is probably a revelation to a lot of people. So here's the stiff one of the week, guys. Uh, maybe, maybe it'll come to me when I see it. Maybe when you see it. Let's bring this up, Steve. What do we have here? We've got, um, right on. here it is. There's We've got the Kevin getting the tag. He's coming in. He's uh, coming over to Booker, uh, shooting him in, ducks the clothesline, takes the boot. Now, Kev's going to head to the corner to give Bully oh. a shot, and he goes down. He's clutching the leg. He's in the corner. Now, you're telling the ref. you remember exactly what you said to the ref there? I'm fucked. I'm fucked. So the ref does the signal, the, the, the you know, the, the, the cross, the X, which means like we got a hurt wrestler out here. Now, let's go back, Steve. Can you do this for me? I, there are a lot, a lot of conspiracy theorists out there. As you might have known if you read Twitter after the last uh, show. Now, I want to slow down this 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 thing here. A lot of people question. They talk about nothing happened. You went down and nothing happened. So I'm looking at the crowd now. Let's go slow. I'm looking for somebody throwing a projectile maybe. Do you see anything? It, you know, this is the thing that people, people don't understand is when I went to Birmingham the next, the next day and they opened my leg, they found a pristine bullet. Right. So there was rumors that Woody Harrelson's uncle had been at that, uh, that, that raw taping. Let me tell you somebody who was at the raw taping. And this is true. Steve, can you bring yourself up here for a minute? 
Our producer, uh, Steve Kaufman, was in the crowd that night. So what? So why don't you tell me, Steve, what happened? I'm not going to be a lot of help. Uh, I was watching the match. This match had a lot going on in this moment. And people ask me about it, have asked me about it for a long time. I don't have a recollection of seeing this happen live. I only have ever seen it in clips like this. Well, you were stoned out of your mind, probably. But, but that aside. I was 16. That is, right. that is what 16-year-olds do. Well, you said something very wise before I was talking to you when you told me you were actually there. You said, I didn't see it because uh, shoot injuries aren't spectacular. The work Correct. injury, somebody falls off a scaffold. Kev, this is like taking on a life of its own, the, the quad injury. Well, let me tell you, let me, let me tell you something, John Oliver. That tan, I spent half the year in the Baja to get that tan. I'm a Navy SEAL. <laughs> but but uh, no, I want you to address this because this, I finally have you on, on the quad. And, you know, so many, a lot of people have been blocked on Twitter. Yeah, it, 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 the quad. it you know, it, it felt like a shotgun. It felt like somebody, you know, I mean, anybody that's ever torn an ACL, like magnify that times. I mean, you know, your, your ACL is, you know, like that. You fucking quad, like you could feel it go <laughs> as you're going down. You can just feel it rip. And then I went down and went, like, Bubba was really cool because Bubba, like, like, bent over me and he was talking to me. And I said, I said, I think it's my fucking knee. And, uh, he said, you know, and I, and I'm put like, I'm pulling on it right there to see if, if it's, and it's, it's snug. Mm. Like it's not, there's not like that movement that when you tear your ACL. So Bubba comes over and watch Bubba moves and I'll say, brother. And then he's like, so he, he's like, he's weirdly, he's like, stay where you're at. And then he just kind of lays Working down to make sure, you know, he just makes sure there's no, like, nobody hits me. Oh. See, he's just yeah, yeah. He's just That's making cool. sure nobody hits me because he knows I'm hurt. Now you were um, you should have been braced, right? Yeah, but you didn't have that brace. Well, I wasn't I wasn't medically clear because I had tore my bicep, so I wasn't medically clear for this. And they 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 delta dashed my gear, and Disco went to my house and got got you know it was was kind enough to to get my gear, but. Just grabbed one of the wrong braces, and it was the wrong brace for the the left knee. That Gilberti fucked up. Was that? that no, he he would he did me a favor. I mean, now I know. Give yeah, it was back into the left. If you play that really slowly, back I know. into the left, back into the left, so back into the back left, into the left. That was the quad. That was what the we have right here. Is a, what we have right here is a cootie gras. <laughs> Exactly. A shirt. That's a that's a turkey shoot in the corner. Kev, you remember you remember Wrath. You remember Wrath. Yeah. WCW. A little Wrath back yeah. in the day. So here's Brian Clark on on the Goldberg run as it relates to you and Wrath. Stiff one of the week. They did the same thing, and they were building me towards Goldberg. It seemed like they were, and then they were. And maybe and maybe it was weird to me, but. It, I think it was the night after World War Three. Yeah, they had you do this like unexplicable match with Nash, and it was exactly. like, what the he, hell? He, yeah, he cried and had to have the belt uh. because he beat me, and then he beat Goldberg. The thing was, oh, I've got to beat two undefeated guys, so he beat me, and then he beat Bill, and you know he killed off he killed off my steam, but he also killed off Bill's steam, and then he also killed off the angle for me going to to work against Goldberg. 
So again, you know, the self-serving, you know, that's just uh, the big goof just trying to get his way, you know, and he did, unfortunately. That was the big goof trying to get his way, Kev. Yeah, because beating him and then beating Goldberg made the finger poke of doom that much more effective. Because that's, I wanted the belt. I wanted the belt so fucking bad that I would do anything to get it, including the finger poke of doom six days later, because I was all about beating fucking people and, and ruining streaks. That's what I was about. Can't you fucking say that? God damn you. What a fucking, you know what? Number one, fuck you, bro. All the, he, he you're irrelevant. I'm irrelevant. We don't work anymore. He was, Brian's a good fucking guy. He, he and I sat down in Jody Hamilton's fucking ring in a, in a half a Quonset hut in a boxing ring. And Jody had him and I giving each other fucking running fucking, uh, leg scissor takeovers. He's like six, seven. I'm six, ten. We both did it. We didn't fucking complain. Like we basically broke in together. I did not. No, no, I just won World War Three. I'm going against Goldberg anyway. So what does it matter if I beat him? I'm like that's the that's the match. It's like winning the Royal Rumble. I'm going to WrestleMania. I didn't need the. the I don't know what who he fucking pissed off. Wasn't I mean? I, I, you watch the match, fucking. I don't. I don't remember fucking me jumping up like I fucking. Uh, did anything special? Was Wrath in line to uh, to unseat Goldberg? No. Okay. Just checking. For, for full disclosure, I think that was from uh, um, Vince Russo's uh, podcast. And uh, I wanted it. I needed it. And right. it's just like, like, where? So where do you go? And you blew Wrath's fucking deal. He was going to win the title that night. Yeah. You know, because that, 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 that's so, I didn't even, when you, when we, we, I didn't even remember that, that that was after the fight. I don't remember, I remember the match because I thought it was a pretty solid match because he could fucking work. But I don't, I don't remember there being, like, I don't remember having like sitting Indians, Indian style. What is it? What do you have to say now? Crisscross applesauce. <laughs> yeah, no, no more Indian you know style, please. I'm, I'm fucking, I'm quarter Cherokee, so I can fucking sit quarter Indian style. So, um, I don't remember sitting there and, and throwing it, uh, 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 why the fuck would you book that match? So I win World War Three and somebody booked the fucking match. I wasn't booking. So they just decided, wouldn't if, if 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 they didn't want him beat, wouldn't you just say? Because to me, if I beat somebody that has a streak prior to Goldberg's, what are the chances of me breaking both streaks? Maybe Let's, that's where the psychology was for the person that actually booked the motherfucker. Next week, we're busy with the bunkhouse stampede. I think two weeks from now, Wrath, the whole fucking deal, the whole the whole episode. Are we going to go into Chronic or just Wrath? No, just Wrath. Adam Bomb. Just Adam Bomb. 
See, this is the this is where the whole fucking thing comes from. They took they took Brian's finish from him when he was Adam Bomb. He used a power bomb. Correct. They took his finish when I they started to give me my push and they gave it to me. I did not ask for it. I said this I said that's that's Bomb's fucking finish. They said, Not anymore, it's yours. So if he has, if I'm a big fucking goof and all these other things, and I know Brian doesn't actually feel that way because I know that he knows, like, we're, we're cool. I, I know that. Uh, it, it's a fucking, it's a sound bite in life. We've all done it. We've all said it. Um, and then, and then in 2002, you have to apologize for, for, for being an asshole. You know, it only took you 20 years. Uh. But I'm just it's better, it's better late than never, right? Right. So, so maybe he'll reach out. Maybe he'll call in in his episode in two weeks. Yeah. Well, he'll be doing that with solo partner. I'll be in Czechoslovakia. The Christmas countdown's on at JCPenney. Through Saturday, use your coupon and dash away with very merry savings on last-minute gifts across the store. Like fine jewelry stocking stuffers up to 70% off after coupon. And save up to 50% on comfy, stylish outerwear for the whole fam. Add curbside pickup to make your trip extra quick. We got your holiday. JCPenney. Offers good on select items through 1224. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Listen, man, I know it sounds too good to be true, but I want you to just do me a favor and run on over to savewithconrad.com. Get yourself a quick quote. My man, Andy M just left us a five-star review over at conradreviews.com. And he had this to say, the effort and communication from Josh was above and beyond. We ran into several unexpected hiccups along the way, but Josh kept us informed and kept looking for options to get things done. In the end, we were still able to refinance to a 15 year loan, where we're going to be able to pay it off in 10. And we took enough cash out to pay off our credit cards, my truck loan, and even buy my wife her very first new vehicle. We're going to save over $500 a month from what we would have been paying without the refinance. We can't thank everyone enough. Now, guys, that right there is a win-win-win situation. Let me explain. Over the last couple of years, your house is probably worth more than ever. Now, what you do with that equity is up to you. And what I'm going to recommend is we do what our man Andy did. Andy took himself from a 30-year loan down to 15 years, but he's planning to pay it off in 10. Now, how can he afford to do that? We got rid of all his credit card debt, just like that. We got rid of his truck loan, and we even got him enough cash to get his wife a new vehicle. The result? Cheaper monthly payments. How does that happen? How do you get a new car, pay off a truck, and get rid of your credit cards and cut years off your loan? You go to savewithconrad.com. We're going to get you cheaper monthly payments. And how's this for starters? No house payments for the next two months. That's right. You can skip your next two payments. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And buddy, if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. And here's the best part. We don't say no. We say not yet, but here's how. I don't care if you were late here or there. Maybe you had a bankruptcy back in the day. Maybe you were late on a credit card. We're going to help you figure out how to get in the situation that your family needs now and long-term. We want to be your mortgage advisor for life at savewithconrad.com. You know, every once in a while, something happens and, uh, the, the viral lifestyle in which we live today, um, kicks in and something becomes kind of larger than maybe than it should be, but also larger than you ever expected. The Will Ospreay 
comments about <sighs> the merch became such and you know this is of course AEW uh putting it in the announcements and stuff and you know kind of uh playing was that oh, who put it in the, was it TNA or, or AEW that, that, uh, that was AEW that was uh oh, what's the hell's the ring announcer the announcer's name oh Justin Roberts Justin Roberts exactly. Justin Roberts he said Kenny Omega in that's exactly correct okay the, yes. the all out the all out 2022 that no one's going to remember for any of the matches when Kenny Omega came out to the ring for that, Justin Roberts introduced Kenny Omega as there's a long list of accolades. And one of the accolades was Kevin Nash's newest favorite wrestler. Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. So that happens. So then naturally, you know, it, 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 it goes berserk after that. But it all started with a very simple tweet um, related to the business of wrestling. OK, so here is the stiff one of the week which was in tweet form. So the stiff one this week takes us to Twitter. So as opposed to video, we're going to go to Twitter here. Uh-oh. And it uh, it has become known as the Will Ospreay oh my God. incident. And it's what everyone's talking about, Kevin. We're going to be topical here. It's what everyone's I can't, talking about. I'm glad. I didn't know you guys were going to do this because I'm so glad that you're bringing this up because... Yeah. Uh, it's this is such a fucking this is such bullshit. So the initial the initial tweet that you read was if we could bring it up from uh, Wrestling Banana. Thank you very much. So Will Osprey has had more five star matches for in one month than CM Punk, John Cena, and Kurt Angle have combined in their entire career. Three. Kev's response was, "Houses merchandise sales." Um. And I have a theory about this, Kevin. Let me tell you my theory before you reply. Had they stopped at the first part of that tweet where it said, Will Ospreay had uh, more five-star matches for uh, this month than anyone else, and they didn't go on to call anybody out, I don't think you would have reacted. I I wouldn't have said a thing. Right. It was the fact that they're using stars to to somehow make a comparison between guys that have drawn zillions of dollars for the company over they're, time. They're talking. You're talking about three guys that nobody has less than 15 million net worth. You know, and the right. thing is, is if you go back to my go back to my response, mm-hmm. is it, can we pull that back up? Okay. <laughs> Not how are your merchandise sales? How's his merchandise sales? That response is to Wrestling Banana. It's not to Will. Will didn't make the statement. Right. So I'm in no way saying anything to Will. My, 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 I'm, that was directed to Wrestling Banana. Then they came back and said, oh, what did we stir up? No, you fucking assholes! You fucking you're, you're the ones that are, 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 are you got the narrative, not not Will. You're, you're using Will to, to. I mean, it's bullshit. I've not, I've never, I've never seen Will work a match in my life. But the emphasis on stars now. I mean, this this was all an outgrowth of the dirt sheets, right? When they started rating guys' matches as opposed to letting the box office be the rating. I mean, that was the star back in the eighties uh, or the early nineties before everyone started getting the sheets. The door. That was the star. Those were the stars on right. that card. 
It's a five-star match if we sold every seat in the house. Uh, we, we had less than five-star matches if we had a half a house. And then if you, you, know, you drew 6,000 in Uniondale with the punk out stampede, you said that's low storage. So this is this is that, is what, an, the, is that what that drew six thousand? I think so. Yeah, the pay per view. Ugh. So I think this is this is an age thing. I think I think people who remember wrestling back in the day don't put as much emphasis on stars. But I think guys that are like thirty and thirty five, they like live and die by this by the stars, by the work rate, by the ring. I remember work. the first time I got in the ring with Hulk, and we were working against each other. And I came in there with the big guys. I've always been a cement mixer, always fucking locked up stiff. And I locked up stiff and Hulk looked at me and he went, easy, brother. Mm-hmm. We already got their money. And right. I was just like, fuck yeah. This is why you're Hulk Hogan, man. Like, yeah, fuck easy, brother. Walk and talk. Tell a story. Uh, hey, I got an idea. Remember that one time we got in that street fight and we both did that fucking deal where we did like a, a, a double, triple fucking Lindy and landed on our feet. And then fucking I ran up and then you helped me run up the ropes. Then you kind of me. <laughs> you helped me help me get my balance so I could fucking hook, jump up and hook my legs around the back of your head and I could fucking drop you on your ass and then. Fucking, and then God, God forbid if we had a six man tag match because what happens is I get stopped. And get fucking posted inside the ring. It goes outside. The, those five guys continue to fight. What else can I fucking do but run, hit the opposite rope, and catapult into the five guys who are now fighting outside? And it just seems like it's like, God, like, what are the chances of that happening every week? That that exact moment just occurs. Every, you would think at some point, if you were fighting in a group of people, you'd be like, oh, fuck, man. We've got the advantage right now because we dropped that guy in the ring. Maybe if we just separated real quick, when he catapults, he'll land on his guys, and then we can beat the fuck out of him on the floor. But what am I? I'm not, never mind. The choreography turns turns one off if if you are watched from a certain generation. I even thought now remember the spoiler would walk the ropes. He would he would he would get a guy in like a wrist lock, and then stand up in the top top rope, but using that guy for balance. And you know I'm ten and I'm going, why the fuck doesn't this guy just pull? He's in a wrist lock or whatever. Just pull. You're going to take the guy off. The- that little bit was enough to distract me. But again, this is a different time. So yeah, I guess- ta- yet Taker did it and got away with it. Taker did do that same thing, didn't he? Walk the yeah, walk the he, he got away with it because he was so it was, he was it was so impressive for a six foot nine ten guy to do it, and he just did it cool. I mean, it was just a fucking. But a lot of times, man, I remember one time he was working with a. I think at the time it was Papa was comma. And comma fucking, you know, that's, that, he pulled him, you know, he, he'd pull him off, off the top rope and that, right. that would start the heat. That was a great spot. Yeah. Okay. So now then the a response to that tweet comes in, comes to your tweet comes in from, let's see, let's get that back up from Kenny Omega. When you said how's his merchandise sales, he said justifiably putrid good, sir. Did you see that? Yes. You did see that. Okay. Did you write him back? I smiled, as I am now. <laughs> okay. 
I think that's I think that's the main I don't think there's any love lost between those two. Michael, I am not by any shape or imagination a podcast kind of guy. I'm an AM sports radio kind of guy. But fuck me, Kevin Nash is by far the best podcast I have listened to. Sorry, Taskmaster. Hashtag rub one out to Big Sexy. So we know what Michael's doing while he's listening. Hey, anytime I can help a brother drop a little rope out of his fucking urethra. I'm, all, I'm been, all for it. It must have been the week you wore the tank top. That that might have been. I got, that might have been the one. Can you see my shirt? No, see my. I'm, I'm fucked. It Hold says on. forever. Oh, uh, bad guy. Bad guy's last. Bad guy's last. Yeah. So appropriate to fucking have it on it and have the fucking. Here, well, there we go. Yeah. No. <laughs> we can blur anything out. Ah, fuck that, man. Been seeing those, <clears throat> been seeing those houses on Raw? Those fucking, man, they, 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 they go that live shot. It looks like fucking, looks like a, a, a pay-per-view crowd every Monday night. What the yeah. fuck's, when, the fuck's going on over there? Well, we've mentioned this. That's the thing no one's going to be able to compete with. So they, other companies need to fucking stop trying. They just, Ugh. they're not going to be the same thing. So well, I, hey, so I, I fucking, they, 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 they roped me in with fucking CM Punk versus Moxley. And Moxley's the, it was the interim champion because Punk got hurt. He had the, had the belt. So I said, you know, hey, fuck, you know, I'm going to watch this because anytime like Jericho wrestles, I always watch Christmas matches. And, uh, you know, him and Moxley had a good match. So I said, fuck it. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and watch this. And I don't know what the, what they're doing over there is a fucking thing I hate is they're booking for the smarts. And if there's, if you're smart, then you already know that there's no way that CM Punk would kick with a foot that was injured to, to re injure himself and go down and sh- cut the match short. And I was just like, I felt like, I felt like when, when I watched, uh, I forget which one it was, but I want to think it was Shamrock versus Tito. And they were doing that deal where they, they fucking had the uh, UFC at the houses and you had the two captains. And I said, oh, fuck it, man. I'll watch this and see, you know, see if, 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 if and fucking Tito beat him in like 30 seconds. It was like 50 bucks. I just like, fuck. Mm. So same thing, you know, I fucking, I, 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 you know, I taped it and watched it, but you know, I fucking, you know, Got sat down and was expecting to, to, to you know, watch something there. I was just like, yeah, fuck. I guess not good. Wasn't, yeah. Wasn't exactly what I was looking for. But, it's, uh, uh, you know, the, what was the company? I guess it was WCW called themselves the major leagues of professional wrestling for a while there when they, uh, when Vince first went national. Or was it, it might have been Crockett. It might have even been the N- local. Yeah, NWA probably. Yeah. But but that means something, the major leagues. And when you have a production crew and just the muscle that that WWE has, and this goes back to TNA when I gave them my presentation about, you know, it's you got to be different than the leader. You don't emulate unless you can. Right. But nobody has been able to since WCW. We don't need anyone, Steve. Do we? We don't need anybody. Here we go. There we go. We just did a whole goddamn show with 
<laughs> as long as we can play old clips from Kevin Nash <laughs> shitting on people, we don't need anybody. We, whew, this, it's very similar to the KC Vault in that you know, way. Would have been, like, you know, would have been fucking hilarious. And I always think of this shit too late. If you and I signed on on this Monday morning and did a straight two hour retrospective of the bunkhouse stampede final. <laughs> This would have been the one. This could have but been the one. We did it live. It would have been live. It would have been 3 a.m. for me. Right. And we would have gotten the show. And nobody have could have said a damn word about it. On Click This, uh, we covered the Bunkhouse Stampede. Right. But Stephen we would have missed Kevin's exciting commentary on it, no doubt. And uh, So, uh, guys, this if you tuned in late. It's over. <laughs> it's <laughs> Hurricane uh, um, uh, Ian. Ian has seen to that uh, that uh, we had to do a best of clip show. So you got the best of the stiff ones of the week, man. <laughs> That's it. A little retrospective for you. And as always, Click This is a production of Butch and Sundance Media, produced in association with Podcast Heat. The producer who was on camera with me here, engineer Steve Kaufman, the entire time. Our graphics are by Tom D'Angelo. Title sequence and audio edit that you're listening to is Wesley Burleson. Theme song, Dale Oliver. Technical research by Tristan Nash. He's got plenty of technical research to do today to figure out how to get that fucking <laughs> signal back to the condo. In Daytona, copyright 2022, Books and Sundance Media. I'm going to go ahead, Steve, and say that Kev is going to want to do another one next week. I have a feeling he's going to have a bit to say about what he's lived through since Wednesday. Well, maybe we should ask the doll. Bring up the doll. Hey, hey Kev, do you, do you want to do another one? Fuck yeah. Christmas countdown's on at JCPenney. Through Saturday, use your coupon and dash away with very merry savings on last-minute gifts across the store. Like fine jewelry stocking stuffers up to 70% off after coupon. And save up to 50% on comfy, stylish outerwear for the whole fam. Add curbside pickup to make your trip extra quick. We got your holiday. JCPenney. Offers good on select items through 1224. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details.